0: called Trash Over, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash-to-pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we're lonely this week. We haven't got
1: a guest. I know. It's just us It's just two. family. Just family. <laughs> yeah, not, not in an incest way. <laughs> right. Okay. We are
0: not related. However, we are going to be talking about a film that includes incest. We are. Implied. Oh, yeah. Implied uh, how that segue? Um... But yes, uh, Nasty November has been an absolute blast this year. Um, so much fun. We've still got another episode to go after this one, and it's already been my favourite month for themes on a the podcast. And I never thought I'd say that about a month when we we're talking about video nasties, because there's a lot of trash, but our guests have chosen well, and uh, I do say so myself, I've chosen well. Yes, you have. Yes, well, well done. For Original versus Remake, we are discussing The Ghastly Ones. And its remake, Legacy
1: of Blood, both by the same director, Ooh. both trash to pieces. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I would agree. But only one was a video nasty. Only one of them was a the video nasty. Yes, yeah. so that's how. it Which is surprising, now. really, because they were both released before Ooh. the video nasty craze. Wait until you find out the reason. Um, oh. Poll What results. was the
0: reason? Well, poll results first of all. Oh. The ghastly ones won with seventy five percent, and Legacy of Blood got twenty five percent. I mean, it's not really. I mean, your opinion is always valid, listeners. Absolutely, um but mate. it's interchangeable this
1: one. Yeah, there's not much in it. Um, I feel like um, the ghastly ones is the more known of the two it is. films. Yeah. So potentially, it's more people have watched. The yeah, ghastly I'm just ones. surprised anyone voted. If I'm honest, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting su- to get any votes. I'm surprised that anyone would have an opinion comparing the two, yeah. but they are both in the Severin Blu-ray box set. Yeah. so maybe, maybe yeah. people have watched both
0: so starting with the ghastly ones released in 1968 also known as blood rights um horror author stephen king he's back he's back he's on this back. podcast he's always got something to say and now back to this bitch who had a lot to say about me in the video nasties and era andy milligan what's good Do you know what he said he said <laughs> stephen that... king what's good no, that's a Steve Nicky I suppose, I suppose. Wow, are you a Nicky fan? <laughs> Pull up Sri Lanka. what? He said, this film, the Gasly ones, is the work of morons with cameras. Right. <laughs> he's not wrong,
1: but... <laughs> that's a bit
0: harsh. <laughs> no, Andy Milligan is many things. He's not a moron now. I think he knows what he's doing. Um, To a oh, certain degree. Yeah. To a certain degree. I feel like... There's a certain trashy mentality charm there that's always going to be in his films. Slightly intentional, but I also think there's a lot of things that's funny because it's not intended
1: to be funny. Yeah, from what we've seen, there are trash moments, but also boring moments too. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest, you know, it's... The real top tier Trash to Pieces never let you breathe for a second. Mm-hmm. Whereas there is a little I bit of dead air the... in some of Andy Milligan's films. Yeah,
0: I think there's a little bit of dead air in the Ghastly Ones. I'd say Legacy of Blood is up there. It Lex- is relentless. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll we'll get More it. on that later. Uh, yeah, Ghastly ones written and directed by Andy Milligan, gay icon uh, and master of trash. Who... Gay icon? Absolutely. I mean, for people like us.
1: Now. Now think, he is. I think now he, he was fairly closeted at he, the time. He, he,
0: he was married to a woman, so... He was married to a woman. And not, she knew. Not for very long. No, but she knew about... Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, let's not say too much about his personal life, because there might be an Andy Milligan episode coming up. <laughs> Ooh, intriguing. He, but for now, he is the maker of The Degenerates, Depraved, The Naked Witch, The Man With Two Heads, Nightbirds, Torture Dungeon, The Rats Are Coming, The Werewolves Are Here, Flesh part on 32nd Street, and more. Um, made a lot of softcore porn. This is his first colour film. Oh. Do yeah. Lovely facts there for you. Yeah. Co-written by Hal Sherwood,
1: who... He threw a lot... Sorry to interrupt. He did throw a lot out there. He, he threw Didn't it out... he? Yeah. There's... There's directors that make films very quickly. For the sake of it. Yeah, and kind of throw them out there. Yeah. And we've said it before on the podcast, quantity over quality. Save the character. If, yeah, if you make, you know, $1,000 from a film and you release five in a year, you've made $5,000. Mm-hmm. If you take fucking ages and still only make a thousand dollars, you know, yeah, y- y- you're not getting your money back. You know, you're not making a profit there.
0: Yeah. Good thing is, with um, Andy Milligan, let me put any money into it. No. no. Um, as I said, co-written by Hal Sherwood, he did The Promiscuous Sex and The Naked Witch. Did he now? He did. Um, but budget for this film: $13,000. Now, because of this budget, Milligan held several different roles during production. On top of being the film's writer and director, he also worked as the costume designer and created all the costumes himself, something he did for both this and Legacy of Blood. Honestly, the costumes
1: are great. I love the costumes. They are. They're very, very camp. I'm surprised that they were made. Yeah. Um... Yeah, wow, well done on that one because they are they are good. They they're, a they're fashion giving queen, clearly they are giving like living museum kind yeah. of stuff, like the Black Country mm-hmm. Museum kind of thing. Yeah, where people come out of nowhere and do a little two minute skit every so often about coal mining, but you know it's good. Yeah, so, yeah, very high quality. The camera equipment used uh, was all owned by Milligan,
0: so he didn't have to rent any. Oh. To keep, How the... very <laughs> wise him. to keep the special effects budgets down, mm. organs from animals and other practical effects were used. Yeah. The animal organs were what got it on the video nasties list. I see. That's the only reason this film was on the video nasties list.
1: Because they were animal because organs. Because they were animal Because they, they knew they were animal yeah. organs. Okay. How they found that out, I don't know. Is that not the same as Blood Feast then? I mean, technically, yeah. Because Blood Feast was yeah. 63, this was yeah, 68. Yeah, because yeah. it, it was surprising to know, um, overall, mm. how many older films were on yeah. the list. But it makes sense if this is one of the things that they took issue with. Yeah.
0: it's. I think this film as well is very much a product of Blood Feast. Mm, Um, yeah. With how gory it is at times. Yes. Um I I do also find it amusing how the sixties video nasties fall into the trash to piece section. But then once you get to the seventies and eighties, the masterpieces start coming in. So people in the sixties were just like fuck it. Just (laughs)
1: just make trash. Um but it was a new thing by then. So it it hadn't been perfected. The the splatter Mm. movie, the gore movie, it hadn't been perfected, so it was just kind of thrown out there and which you I could also
0: yeah which you could also tell between these two films mm, absolutely you can definitely tell by the time it gets to legacy of blood how much has changed within that amount of time absolutely and how much can be done with a tiny budget yes uh i can't tell you how much it made at the box <laughs>
1: but then, office but then it's also knowing how much films had changed by 1968 yes, as well when right. you think that was the same yeah. year that halloween was released yeah <laughs> oh yeah. okay maybe not that much has changed
0: well i can't tell you how much it made because mm. i have no idea oh i um, can't find it anywhere on the internet but i can tell you it was reissued theatrically in the early 80s as blood orgy in multi-film packages of similar films imagine going to watch this and it's called blood orgy you'd be so disappointed you would be very disappointed <laughs> some of the most bizarre sex scenes
1: yeah there's no orgy at all no Oh, no, and, if, and if there was that'd be fucking weird because they're all sisters half blood and also not blood it's like... yeah
0: let's get to our feature presentation yes
1: let's do Meat color, the mad brother who loves to eat meat
2: live meat or Liz whose sick need is only satisfied by the sadism of man any man Or John,
1: who learns the terror of the ultimate torture, but never lives to tell about it. The ghastly one. What is it? Not for the squeamish, but an experience so sensually exciting that it will be the stomach shocker of your life. The ghastly one. Uh, Ghastly Ones, 1968. Picture it. We open the film with a young couple looking rather Victorian. Sorry, you missed up young for camp. <laughs> frolicking in the grass before being murdered by a madman dressed like a mechanic. Why is he dressed like a mechanic? <laughs> Why are they Victorian and he's a mechanic? So they're like post-Civil War. Yeah. And he's like... <sighs> 1950s. He's ahead of his time. Mechanic. He's fucking 70s. He's... <laughs> one thing about this, and I like this opening scene. I do. It makes no sense <laughs> in no the context of the rest all. of the film. No sense whatsoever. <laughs> but it, it's, it's a fun little opener. The camera work, horrendous. <laughs> that, I have never seen a camera so unsteady. Just this scene? Just this scene. Are you, are you sure? Not just this scene, but this one, it really stuck out. <laughs> Because it's everywhere. It's here, there, and everywhere. And throughout the whole film, sometimes it's the cameras in the ceiling. Sometimes it's at the floor for absolutely no reason. <laughs> sometimes it's at a weird angle for absolutely no reason whatsoever. But during this opening scene, ridiculous. I... Um. Okay, was this... Let me just be unprofessional professional check was this you know if you say saying let me be in professional every <laughs> podcast then episode, I'm, I'm never professional then so it will never, never be professional
0: okay so no no there's no excuse this isn't his first film oh hang, hang on there's so right vapors was his first film but that's a short mm. technically he a lot of his films that i mentioned earlier were lost films so like the naked witch was lost um The Degenerates was lost, Depraved was lost, The Promiscuous Sex, which he also did, was Mm -hmm. lost, also known as Liz. Um, He also did The Gay Life, a documentary that was lost. So technically, this is his first film that actually got released. Well, I suppose. Do you think he's the man carrying the camera? Do you think he hired a cameraman?
1: (laughs) Do you think that's why it's such a fucking mess? I'm assuming... (laughs) But didn't he do porn before this? He did. So maybe the angles are quite pornographic angles. Because there's a few scenes where the camera's very low and (laughs) people are looking down. So maybe that's the kind of crotch shot from the Uh, films he's used to making. (laughs) Um. Anyway, young Victorian couple. (laughs) The young man um who with all due respect <laughs> comes across as rather camp has his eye ripped out after seemingly going after seemingly losing interest in his female <laughs> companion before they shag and he himself goes for a little frolic in some bushes yeah his eyes look like snowballs yeah yes um do. um do you think he went cruising i think he was <laughs> Andy Milligan's sneaking in. He had a grinder hook up, yeah. hiding in the bushes. Um, her hand is cut off, and she's hacked to death. She is um, surprisingly. She doesn't scream at all during this because the soundtrack is the only audio. Okay, let's 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 get something clear. She doesn't react at all. No, she has one look at her arm,
0: and that's it. She just lets the rest happen. She's like, you know what, fuck but it. She's
1: getting hacked up, but like her mouth is open, but it's just the soundtrack and a few. Moments, a few kills in this film, where, you know, you would expect, like, a scream Mm -hmm. over the soundtrack, but there's nothing. Like, they couldn't mix the two together, so it was either soundtrack or the screaming. Yeah. Um. We then cut to three sisters, Veronica, Victoria, and Elizabeth, who received letters from their late father's lawyer, asking them to attend the reading of his will. Now we're introduced to them separately. So Victoria is woken by her husband Richard with the news, <laughs> and stands nude as she reads the letter, because Andy Milligan knows his audience. <laughs> They're dirt poor, so they go to Richard's brother Walter, <laughs> who appears to be a rather camp priest. Richard's brother Walter is a raging
0: homosexual, not even closeted. Not even like, closeted. It's, it's out there. He's, yeah, he's so a gay
1: character. They go to him for money, and there's a very awkward conversation between richard and walter who you know may i remind you are brothers um it kind of seems like really they've had some sort of sexual relationship in the past um richard tells walter you have abnormal tastes i don't very strange yeah so do you think their brothers and, and he appears to be a priest i don't know what a priest, I think he's dressed like a priest. I don't know if he's posing as his brother. I don't know if he's an ex. I think he's posing as his brother. Yeah.
0: I don't know if he's an ex, and he they're using him as an ex, as saying he's his brother because he didn't want to lose the touch he's, of his. Yeah, um, that's I mean, either that or it's just straight up incest. I, I feel
1: like Richard is closeted and yeah. he had a long term relationship with Walter. He then married this woman, and, like, he sort of turned his back on his gay lifestyle, and because of the time, Mm -hmm. they couldn't really come out, either of them, properly. No. So then he goes back to Walter every so often for some money.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: What he does for that money is never said, but... Yeah. Elizabeth the other sister is also topless when she reads the letter <laughs> and her husband donald is in the bath but we only get to see the back of his head <laughs> veronica the third sister isn't topless when we meet her so i'm assuming actress eileen hayes had a different contract <laughs> um her and her husband william do have a shag though but it's rather tepid okay the sex scenes in this film <laughs> very
0: weird are very obviously gay men with, uh, with women, and they're very obviously filmed by a gay guy. Yes. Who, who made some gay porn.
1: Yes. Because they, they have no clue what to do. Yeah. But clearly, they're so tame and the boring. The actress playing Veronica clearly said, no, I won't do any nudity. Mm-hmm. So they gave her a sex scene. So if you're not going to do nudity, let's do a sex scene, but without any nudity. <laughs> And so it's the most awkward thing. And all three of the main actors, the husbands, Mm -hmm. are homosexuals, were homosexuals in real life. So they have no chemistry whatsoever. (laughs) It's very (laughs) tepid (laughs) and um, a bit shit, really. (laughs) Like, the angles are really weird. And fortunately, it doesn't go on for too long. The sisters meet up in New York slaying in their 19th century oh outfits yes. for the reading of the will. There, an old man, who I initially thought was a uh, old, old man in drag, gives them their <laughs> life story to help us understand. Uh, a bit of backstory. And informs them of their father's wish that they spend three nights in his house on an isolated island before his will can be read. Strangely the father wants them to shag as much as possible (laughs) because their mother was so frigid and cold and the house deserves a lot of sex. Yeah, he wants them
0: to live in sexual harmony. Sexual harmony. His daughters. He wants his daughters to live in sexual harmony.
1: We learned that their father spent most of his time in South America and never actually had a relationship with his daughters. He was married to their mother, but would return infrequently, mm-hmm. have sex with her, she would have a child, and he would leave. Yeah. Um, so he never really met his daughters. No. Very strange. The sisters and their husbands are met at the um the house by two maids, Hattie and Martha, and a hunchback named Colin. Um, Colin being the murderer from the beginning of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, while helping with the luggage, Colin becomes angry and catches and eats a live rabbit. Colin is, as a character, very much a sign of the times. Yeah. Yeah. That's a polite way of putting it. It's, that's a polite way of putting it. It's not, you know, in any way whatsoever good representation of the mentally handicapped no it's not it's really insulting it's you know the, the actor just makes noises he, yeah he looks absolutely ridiculous mm-hmm. with fake teeth and fake is that other on yeah, his face it's, he's it's
0: not he's there to be a red heron just because yeah. he's mentally
1: handicapped but also a murderer which is very confusing
0: for some yeah I, and he. We literally watched him murder someone in the opening scene. Yeah.
1: So when the murders start, we as audience, I mean, spoiler alert, it's meant to be some sort of murder mystery. Yeah. And Colin is not the killer. Mm-hmm. But we've seen Colin randomly murder people at the beginning of the film. Yeah. So what are we meant to think? And not even by, I mean, in the uh, remake, there's a scene coming out of
0: a rabbit that's played off as an accident in the remake. You can't say that he accidentally fucking gouged someone's eyes out and yeah. hacked their arms off and yeah. hacked them to death. Like, th- yeah.
1: no. Um, the three couples settle into the house as the wallpaper gives me a migraine. <laughs> Victoria and Richard are the first couple to try to get it on before they're interrupted. All three couples talk absolute shit... <laughs> In the parlour. Until Veronica does a weird spin and tells them she has a uh, strange (laughs) feeling. Okay, you've... you've, And they uh, decide to go to bed. Do you have more notes about that section? Um, it's... Just the weird spin she does. It's very
0: eventful. I mean, first of all... No, they don't. They just talk They sit around in a parlour whilst daring one of the couples to kiss.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's... It, it is almost, and I do have it, down. It feels like three gay men and their gal <laughs> getting ready for a night out. It does. It does. It's it does. given... It, it, I know, it was... Um, <laughs> I have never... Drinking game was that in <laughs> never existence never. back then. Because it's given me pre-drinks before a night well, at GAY. <laughs> Victoria says... When you've been married for as long as Richard and I, you'll
0: think twice about sexual demonstrations in public. And one of the other ones goes, (laughs) Oh!
1: But then the ones that go off to have a shag, just in (laughs) the room. Victoria
0: and Richard go and make out in another room. One of them walks in, oh, excuse me. And then when Victoria walks back out, the others are like, you know, for an old married couple, you two are pretty wild. (laughs) And then they offer Victoria some sherry. And then one of the other sisters says, She's just had her sherry, Victoria says, bold little hussy you. (laughs)
1: And that's when we get the twirl. The dialogue is, we, oh, well, yeah, maybe that's the insult that sent her into a twirl. But she she has a weird feeling about the house somewhere. I mean, she's right, but,
0: you know. And she's never slept in a strange bed before, has she? No. Lucky it's not of a strange... No, that was him who said that wasn't her. Lucky it's her a husband says, I've not slept in a strange bed before. And she says, wow, you're lucky it's not of a strange woman. The...
1: <laughs> they all go to bed and victoria is absolutely fuming Mm -hmm. because she's a big fat red herring yeah and she refers to the house as hers and her sisters um she had to look after her sisters Mm -hmm. a lot when they were growing up because the mum by all accounts was not around or had a drinking problem or something (laughs) It's hard to remember. Why are you making up backstory? It's not even provided. Shit. Um, the rabbit remains are found in Veronica and William's bed, along with a note reading, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit. Right. Get it? Inherit? Inherit. Inherit Yeah, inheriting. yeah, yeah. blessed are the meek, though. I don't know what I have that no means. Idea. Victoria gives us... <laughs> oh, I suppose blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit. So, spoiler alert, it's... Hattie... No, it's not Hattie. It's the... Oh, that's us not go there we have to talk It's about one her. of the sisters who is the killer. So I suppose that makes sense from her point of view. Blessed are the meek. She's been yeah. sort of hiding in plain sight, playing the meek mm-hmm. um, maid, you know. So that makes sense. Victoria gives us some more exposition and a nice red herring for the upcoming murders when she says she'll do whatever to get what's rightfully hers, due to her always having to put aside her wants for others, including her sisters, and indeed her husband, who she then tries to shag before being interrupted yet again when they find that someone has painted a large X in blood on their Mm -hmm. bedroom door. Yeah, um... So Victoria is the the poor one, isn't she? she is. And the others. So she she's she has a right to sing the blues. I mean, her husband's got sugar daddy. So. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I don't know why yeah, happened, I mean, a gay husband ain't bringing in the money. No, you know. So she's a big, fat, red herring. Robert and Donald go downstairs to investigate, <laughs> but Donald collapses after being drugged. Robert investigates the cellar and sees someone he recognizes. Shortly afterward, Victoria finds his body hanging by the ankles on the stairs. This scene had me on the edge
0: of my seat. Not because it was intense, but because Victoria, slowly walking down the stairs, Andy Milligan with the camera genuinely looked
1: like he was going to fall over. Exactly. It looked like such a struggle to go down those stairs. Going backwards down the stairs. (laughs) That camera was all over the place. More unsteady. Yeah. Um. I'm assuming it was Andy Milligan holding the camera, but then someone else had to be holding the giant flashlight Sean <laughs> at Victoria, who is descending the stairs with only a candle for light. But obviously, that wouldn't look too great on film. No. So it's very obvious someone has a <laughs> flashlight on her, and is trying to keep up with her going down the stairs. And it's very also very shaky. It could
0: be a light on his camera. The cameras have lights on them. It was man? coming from a different angle. Oh, okay. Her shadow
1: was in another direction. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um
1: the next morning, while discussing what happened, Martha asks Hattie if she had tied up Colin that night, which she confirms she did, and they swear it on a Bible to Donald. So it can't be Colin. No. Because he was tied up. Um oh, thank God. You know. Um Martha refers to Colin and Hattie as brother and sister. And I think Martha is also a sibling. What one thing about Martha would have me confused about whether she is Colin and Hattie's sister? What do you mean? Why the fuck has she got an English accent? (laughs) I didn't even notice. Why has the actress suddenly, before filming, (laughs) decided, I'm going to give this character an English accent? But her brother her well, her sister has an American accent. Yeah. Yet it's revealed that they were raised together. Mm -hmm. So why has she got an English accent? She's fucking upstairs, downstairs. Downton fucking Abbey. (laughs) Bullshit. (laughs) Colin attempts to tell Victoria something, but is interrupted by Martha and sent to chop firewood in the cellar with Donald. Um, Donald's given a leather strap to use on Colin, so the representative it's really bad, really bad.
0: What about William and Elizabeth and their weird fucking violent wrestle, which ends with the camera back falling over? Why oh, did I
1: miss that?
0: <laughs> yeah, so Elizabeth's, like, hysterical in the room, and William's there talking to her, and he starts, like, wrestling with her, trying to kiss her on the bed. I didn't know what was oh, going on. Oh, yeah. But then...
1: The fucking camera goes flying, like... It... it does, yeah. It's like this intense moment. It's like, oh, just shake the camera. <laughs> but it looks like it falls over. It does. Yeah, that was that was weird, actually. I don't know why I didn't include that. Donald finds a plank of wood with a bloody X on it, but is attacked from behind, gagged and bound to a workbench before being disemboweled and cut in two by a hooded figure. Um, the scream as he's stabbed, again, does not sound like he's being gagged no. at all. And the effects are rather strange. And when the killer is disemboweling him, does it not kind of look like the killer's mixing some cake batter? Like, double-handed. Yeah. Like... <laughs> it's... Great British Bake Off. Yeah, you can tell they're on a budget. Uh- <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you definitely can. Yeah.
0: I mean, I thought it, the effects were passable in a cheesy way um i mean if you're not looking for 10 out of 10 you know what's his name um who did the stan winston Winston, tom savini you know that sort of thing then you know you'll be for a good time um but if if you if you are expecting good effects then
1: this is the wrong film (laughs) um credit to them for trying yeah you know it's we we're horror fans if you're giving us a silly little horror film Mm -hmm then we expect some good kills. Yeah. So they, they went for it. It was a sign of the times and a sign of the budget. Uh, but we get what they were going with. Yeah. You know, it was evident what was going on. So, mm-hmm. you know, credit for that. At dinner, the guests ask about Donald and Elizabeth's whereabouts. Eventually, Elizabeth's severed head is found <laughs> in the serving dish when <laughs> dinner is served. Come on, show. I know. Uh, William tells both Veronica and Victoria <laughs> that they're getting too upset over Elizabeth's death. <laughs> and Victoria tells off William for swearing. So I wish we never came to this goddamn island. Swearing isn't going to help anything. It's like, <laughs> bitch, you've just found your sister's <laughs> severed head in a dish being served at dinner time. I think we're all allowed to swear she and get not upset. give a
0: shit about it.
1: Martha asks William to help Colin fetch the trunk from the attic that will be integral to the will reading, and uh, takes it downstairs, which they do. Martha then tells um, the two girls, Veronica and Victoria, to close the door to be safe. Mm. I mean, yeah, there is a killer going around here. You better lock the door. And like you could be the killer, bitch. <laughs> Wait. T- William then goes into the cellar to investigate and finds a box and a photograph. However, Colin steals the photo from him, and William is then attacked and killed with a pitchfork by the hooded figure. Later, Martha finds Colin with the photograph and realizes that it, what it means, but she herself is killed with a hatchet before she can tell the audience. Colin tries to escape from the killer, but is set alight. So, yeah, so it kind of gets to the point now, doesn't it? It's mm-hmm. not the longest film in the world. It's an hour in 10 no. minutes. And there's a build-up, and then you just get, like, successive murders in a yeah. row. <laughs> like, are these people still here? Okay, we've got to kill them off. The um pitchfork looked fine. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Looked, it looked fine, yeah. looked okay. Martha's hand being cut off. Um, That looked good. It did,
0: less memorable than when it's recreated. Let's yes,
1: say that. yeah. Um. It's then revealed that Hattie is in fact the fourth and eldest sister, and she had planned to kill the others and blame Colin so that she could claim the inheritance. Colin, however, is still alive and pushes her down the stairs, causing her hatchet to bury itself in her head. The two remaining sisters, Veronica and Victoria, are left staring in disbelief.
0: And the film abruptly
1: ends. Abruptly ends on the words <laughs> <Yeah>. Lawyer Dobbs <laughs> Um few notes on this ending. Yeah. Hattie refers to herself as being born forty one years prior. Actress Maggie Rogers was sixty two. She was. And with all due respect she, she was definitely sixty two. <laughs> with all due respect to actress Maggie Rogers, she looked all sixty two of those years. She did Blasser. Blaster. These girls, the two remaining, Veronica and Victoria, absolute wimps. (laughs) Now, I know it's 1968 and the whole final girl thing hadn't been established, but, you know, we look at things from our perspective. What we enjoy on the podcast is strong female representation. And these two bitches, looking like Wilma Flintstone and Betty Rubble, (laughs) may I add, they're just standing there, like, as she's just reeling off this monologue <laughs> about how she's the killer and her backstory and everything, and just reeling it off, and they're just standing there at the top of the stairs. Yeah. They yeah. could have given her a swift mm-hmm. kick down the stairs. But yeah, just yeah, absolute wimps. I'm also really confused by Hattie's story. So she was forced into servitude by the sisters' mother whilst they were growing up. Mm-hmm. But the sisters were surprised to learn the house had servants. <laughs> Confusing. The mother pretended to love her when their father was there. But the girls don't seem to remember this girl, being Hattie, being treated like their sister every few years. No. Um, seemingly, Hattie didn't know of her true heritage until fairly recently, because of the photographs mm-hmm. in, the, in the trunk. So for Colin and Martha were her siblings. Yet again, there seems to be no prior relationship between Martha, Colin, and the three no. sisters. Also, why has the house been left for so long since their <laughs> mother died? How long did the father live for, but he seemingly lived all his time in South America? Mm-hmm. So, what was the point? Yeah. That has no point. What was the reason? Also, add to that list. According to Wikipedia...
0: This whole time, we were supposed to think that Hattie was a character
1: called Roof. Yeah, but it's never mentioned. This mm-hmm. Roof is never mentioned. If so that was in know... the script, if that was intentional, yeah. then everyone fucked up for the entire film. Mm. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> but
0: it sure is entertaining. And uh, yeah, I'd absolutely say this is just such a fun time from start to finish. It's only an hour and ten minutes. It is. It's so funny. Not for the right reasons, but it's it's so funny. Um,
1: it's a little bit of a strange anomaly where describing mm. it on a podcast hasn't actually, I don't think, done it justice. No, you have to see it. You have to see it because it is so ridiculous. Yeah. It's It's not kind of... There's no real elements to it no. that's... You know, laugh out loud hilariously mm-hmm. trashy or silly but it's kind of the whole thing together if this makes sense the whole thing together is an experience in itself
0: it is i mean you have to see the awful camera work that's yeah. that's a big part of why it's so funny yeah like there's so many times where he looks like he's gonna bump into someone because he's far too close to them um Things like that are, are really hilarious when you're yeah. watching the film. And
1: the awkwardness between the husbands and the wives yeah. is hilarious. You know, And you can't really do it too much justice describing it no. like on a podcast.
0: Whereas its remake, yeah. Legacy of Blood, released in 1978, written and directed again by Andy Milligan. Andy Milligan remade his own film, and he definitely fixed a lot of things that we just brought up yeah it's it, true he really did yeah what's hilarious is the fact that he still managed to make it into a trash piece yeah. yeah yeah
1: but let's be honest here a big problem was the story wasn't very good yeah so if you're remaking the story itself <laughs> you're already onto a loser there
0: <laughs> um it was made on an unknown budget and i have no idea how much it made worldwide I do know it was filmed in the Tottenville neighbourhood of southern Staten Island inside and around a Flophouse Hotel. Flophouse? A dilapidated Flophouse Hotel. What's
1: Flophouse? I
0: have no idea. Oh. I, I assume it's just a hotel, uh, oh. like a BB. and uh, b Flophouse? Andy Milligan owned the place at the time. The house, which sits between Tottenville Main Street and the southern end of Ellis Street at the very southern end of the Staten Island Railway, is now an Italian-themed restaurant called Angelina's. Nice. So it, it's, it's, he tried to make it look like a restaurant in this film, and now it's finally a restaurant. That's
1: great. That would be good to... um To visit. To visit. Yeah, yeah. it's that one, and what's the other one? Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. That house was turned into mm-hmm. a... Uh, um, what, what do you call it? A restaurant. Restaurant, that's yeah. the word I'm looking for. Was that Italian? No, that wasn't Italian. Uh, a flop house... Um, a DOS house. Ah, oh, there we go. <laughs> is a, a flop house, or DOS house, is a place that offers very low cost lodging, providing space to sleep and minimal amenities. It was blatantly a place for the gays to go, Britannia it? Hotel. Yes. I, well, no, Britannia's not a place for the gays to go, but I think no. this is probably a, a safe place for the gays to go. I'd like to think that's what it was. I'd like to think it'd be a little classier than that. Well... A flop house, DOS house. But yeah, you can tell this I film d- is. I don't a really know what DOS house was. What? I've
0: heard. The, yeah. You Let's can tell this film go. is all filmed in the exact same house.
1: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Let's get to our feature
0: presentation.
2: Where's the grave? Anyone that were When was someone dies, you may be here. left a legacy. Beware. There he is. Legacy <laughs> of horror. <laughs> He's not violent, is he? No. Not really.
1: In your most frightening nightmare, you cannot imagine what happens in this house of terror.
0: There is no way out.
2: Legacy of horror.
0: Carl uh, is the Colin of this film. He's wandering outside, uh, cuts his hand. He's taken to town because his sisters, Mary and Margaret, the Lennox sisters, need to go to the bank. They are dressed to slay.
1: Yeah. So this, to me, is set a little later. It is. It's the end of the 19th century. End of the 19th century. So not massively later,
0: but later. Their costumes, that costume design by Andy Milligan. Fantastic. Yeah. They leave Carl outside and a bunch of guys give him alcohol. Uh, they take him to a train bridge and uh, throw him over, or so we think. Uh, but it looks, it's very much a dummy. <laughs> um, yeah, very much so. <laughs> Most obvious dummy. Regina, meanwhile... Okay, now this film, it never sounds like I'm not making any sense. It's because the editing is fucking horrific. And scenes just cut, mm. like, out of nowhere. And all of the characters talk at ridiculous speeds. Like, they talk so fast. Yeah. It's like they all had somewhere to be. <laughs> Regina and her gay husband, James, who has, and I'm going to go out there and say it because I mean it, the greatest mustache I've ever seen. Pornstache. The greatest mustache we've ever discussed on this podcast. We haven't had a good one in a while.
1: It's been ages. I know. Has I've it? had to grow one to make up for it, put on no. the logo. Um,
0: <laughs> but. James's moustache should have a separate credit. It's a good one. It, it is it, it a is. good one. They're sitting down to have breakfast when they receive a letter from Regina's lawyer, Samuel Schaefer, who wants them both in New York. Now, let's make something clear here. James is a homosexual. There is no way, absolutely no way on this earth you are convincing me that this man is married to a woman. But he was, the actor was the actor porn was an, act, a, yeah, a gay porn yeah, He star. was in Andy Milligan's Dracula, a uh, lost porn film. Uh, lost gay, gay porn film where both of Dracula's sons fight for supremacy.
1: Now that is what and we we watch a lot of trashy like low budget horror films, but we don't really watch classic porno stuff, do we? No. No. Um uh, but that is one I'd be very interested well, in watching. and the West Craven. Andy one. Millig- Andy- oh, the Wes Craven one, yeah. Andy Milligan's uh Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> That's that, 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 I feel like, it would be Starring, starring James from Lexi of Blood fame. You know, you can't go wrong. Um, but he is one of my favourites. I did favorite. accidentally buy porn once, didn't I? For, uh, wow. That Mary so, Milligan so we box say, accidentally. Set. You deliberately bought... You bought <laughs> straight porn. I mean, <laughs> technically, there's some. I
0: swear there's some porn on the Andy Milligan box set. Um, oh, Fleshpot. Is it the Fleshpot one? Maybe.
1: I think that is.
0: Anyway, stop telling people about a porn collection. Um... Next, I was telling about the mags under the bed. Oh, Jennifer and Robert are introduced. (laughs) Jennifer and Robert are introduced, and they discuss how they want Sylvia gone because of her drinking problem. Okay, I was going to say that James is the best character in this film. I don't know. Sylvia's got a good argument for best character
1: in this film. Sylvia is the scene stealer that doesn't (laughs) have much screen time. But so is the camp butler.
0: Ito. He literally pops around the corner whilst they're bitching about Sylvia. He pops on the corner he's like, she's coming! <laughs> and then pops back out. It is ridiculous. Like, absolutely ridiculous. They're going to leave her with Ito and um, the camp butler whilst they're in New York. They sit down for dinner and the library is open. It's open. She says, with a glass of what I assume to be martini in her hands. That's what it looks like. Mm. Um, she's like, Jennifer... I'm going to take you to my dressmaker. Maybe that way you won't look so much like a plucked chicken. Yeah. And then she says, Remember when I started that
1: play with George Ellis? And then passes out into <laughs> her dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking queen. It's giving Real Housewives in New York but She energy. sounds
0: like Countess Luanne, looks a bit like Countess Luanne and acts like Ramona.
1: Ramona. Not Ramona, no, Dorinda. Dorinda, Dorinda sorry. Dorinda. Yeah. Well, they're all sloppy drunks, but Dorinda is the nasty drunk. She was absolutely giving Dorinda energy was. whilst looking like our <laughs> She man. She was. And she was an actress. She did cabaret. <laughs> Do you remember when I did cabaret? <laughs> Do you remember when I stole that microphone from that
0: twink in a karaoke bar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember when I released a rap track?
1: No, and stop. hopefully
0: no one finds out. The Lennox sisters are now dressing down and uh, discuss how a normal person would have died after a fall like the one Carl had. I don't know where this is going. T- he tied up a lot of film- things in this film, but then introducing this whole Carl is superhuman thing. <laughs> what the fuck?
1: Yeah. It's
0: still very much dodgy representation, even if he is, I, I don't know, trying to make him look like he's invincible.
1: It, it, it is It is very... Yeah, it's... Yeah, they'd say that a normal person would have survived that. And I'm like, well, what is he then? Yeah. Y- you know, if, if not... and a human being like is he yeah <laughs> it, again it's not good representation it, no it's it's well it's insulting really it's grunts and and moans and... yeah he bites one of them whilst i try to feed him yeah it's it's not good
0: also in new york uh louise scolds her daughter charlotte for being rude to their maid she says to her you're getting stuck up Her daughter says, what do you mean? I take it when her daughter's like fucking six years old. And she says, wow, like just now with Susan, you acted superior to her, you know? Susan and her mother work for us because they have to. They don't have everything they want the way you do. If you don't watch yourself very carefully when you're growing up, you'll become very ignorant of other people's feelings and the first thing you know, you turn into a not
1: very nice person. (laughs) It's it's awkward, and it feels a little, like, slapped him kind of thing, but it's what differentiates between the first film. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that they're at least trying to do a little bit of character development there. Uh,
0: Louise and her husband, John, will be hosting James and Regina and Jennifer and Robert. Regina explains to James that she has visions, uh, and he looks like he could not give a fucking shit. He doesn't care.
1: He's like, Love, lovely darling, lovely. Yeah, because he's probably heard it on <laughs> loads. What's going on about her fucking visions again? Carl's
0: arm um, is back to normal, and he's throwing wood around outside again. Mm. Then we cut again to Excuse Louise. Me.
1: what is he doing?
0: Throwing wood around. <laughs> Louise hosts her sisters um, at a lovely restaurant. They're all dressed like the cast of Little Women.
1: They are. They're, they're Now they are serving in this they are. scene. They, they are. are. The outfits look yeah. great. Yeah, they they're, really do.
0: The costume design just got even better within 10 years. <laughs> um, This restaurant. Is? The house. The house. <laughs> before it was a restaurant. Dressed um, differently. Yeah. They walk through. The waiter is standing by the fucking stairs. He couldn't even cut the stairs out of the shop. No, to make it look like a convincing no. restaurant. Yeah. They sit down. <laughs> they take one look at the menu. They do not have time to read it. The waiter comes back within seconds, and they all know exactly what they're having. Yeah, chicken, and, chicken and salad, <laughs> chicken and salad, and a special. Someone's having special.
1: a special. It's special. <laughs>
0: Louise reveals that the reading of the will is to take place the next day on Hanley Island in upstate New York. Whilst they're discussing this, the waiter comes back. And he's like, sorry, what dressing would you like on your Sunday? Why is he back? <laughs> what are you being extra for? Just, just get on with it. The conversation turns to their father's burial. Which they all apparently missed. They, they all missed the burial. Yeah. They say, that like Louise says.
1: But they never met
0: him. No, no. Louise says, he's buried a few blocks from here, in the Seaman's Cemetery. <laughs> he insisted upon it. He spent so much time at sea and travelling that he wanted to be buried with fellow travellers, as he put it.
1: Okay. Yes. Seaman's Cemetery. The Seaman's Cemetery. I don't know why that's funny to you.
0: They visit the Seaman's Cemetery. Still in these fucking camp little women outfits. Yeah. It so look, and you can tell it's the seventies. This cemetery, like it, it, just looks weird. It doesn't look; it looks out of place, and it's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it's attended by a pipe smoking man with an eye patch.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> and he says, a "Real seaman." He says, "It wasn't
1: a seaman. That's all so we got buried here." You know. Yeah, and then it 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 transpires <laughs> that he was buried in an unmarked grave. Yeah, after saying that he was buried at a cemetery
0: nearby called the blazing star cemetery oh. <laughs> but she louise knows her father was buried 20 years ago in an unmarked grave in the Seaman cemetery
1: and then so then the guy says the eye patch guy says their mother was buried next to yeah. him yeah which is really confusing so were they not at their mother's funeral well i mean technically not no because but I think they refer to themselves as having been at their mother's
0: funeral. He, he says that he, he was buried with someone else. um, Buried standing up. packed He arrived packed in orchards. Um, orchids. Orchids. Um, that body was packed in so tight that it took two of them with crowbars to get him out. Yeah. Yeah, and he was locked inside of a woman.
1: Standing, yeah. standing
0: with him. But what woman? Is
1: it just a random, not their mother? Well, apparently... Maybe it's not that... Maybe, maybe it a surprise to a different sisters. woman. Yeah, it does... Yeah, they did seem surprised... Oh, You know, It's confusing. After the cemetery... What cemetery? The Seaman's cemetery. I'm saying seaman.
0: In a bizarre series of events, the three sisters visit Louise's mm-hmm. spiritual advisor, slash fortune teller, Baba. Baba uh, tells the ladies that his mother was a gypsy and his father was Himalayan. Yes. And he says, you see, you Americans are not the only ones with mixed blood.
1: Yeah. Baba is a choice. He's a choice. A very 1978
0: choice. He, he says, I never knew my father to tell you the truth. I'm a bastard.
1: <laughs> this,
0: this Unfortunately... The meeting ends with violence when Louise asks how their upcoming trip will be. He says one of them will not return. Then, in an even more bizarre series of events, his assistant, Ina, who's putting absolutely nothing into her performance and her outfit, attacks the sisters. i got a wig. Oh want no a wig. <laughs> she attacks the sisters. Yeah. And the meeting ends. What the fuck was that?
1: <laughs> I don't Why was that added in? <laughs> So, yeah, I think it's established, Which I, I can't remember any of the sisters' name in this film. Regina has visions. She's yeah. already told James. You could just, like, keep it that. Yeah. But then we had to have this whole thing where Baba tells her that he knows that she has visions. <laughs> he knows that two of them drink sherry and one of them drinks white <laughs> wine. And, you know, is it Regina? Yeah. And, and Regina's, but she's like, oh, I don't, I don't want to go there. No. And then they make her go there. hmm Is yeah. she the one that... Yeah, she is. Yeah, she yeah, dies. Yeah. 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 I, honestly... So, she... I mean, I suppose if you could see into the future, you would think life would be a breeze. Wow. She's seen trouble from a distance. That's so Regina. It's, it's not that easy, is it, really? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. That happens. Anyway, um, the filmmakers cut to Hanley Island, which is where we learn Mary and Margaret are taking care of Carl and the family estate. And they expect to be looked after in the will. Uh, we then get the scene with the lawyer, who has handled the family affair over the years. He tells his assistant Alice he needs to make some slight financial adjustments to the books, because after all these years of working with the money. The office is going to miss it. Mm. We don't get to Carl stroking his pet rabbit in the basement. We get a few more red herrings in this one, we do, don't we? Yeah. We could Carl stroking his pet rabbit.
1: Yeah.
0: And then we cut straight back to the reading of the will. Yeah. <laughs> Lawyer Schaefer um, explains that he doesn't know what is in the will and that it was drawn up with their father um, when he lived in South America. Though the lawyer's father was involved in making the will, officially, uh, when the family's father returned to the island. Wow, that's so unnecessarily complicated. According to the will, he hated his wife, Mm -hmm. and each couple must stay at the mansion in sexual harmony on the island for three days. They kept that one from the original. At the end of which, the final bequest will be revealed via another envelope. Also, if something unforeseen occurs, the eldest heir will redistribute the inheritance according to their to her wishes. Yes. The three couples take a train upstate, a train that we obviously don't see. We just see them standing at a train station. Um, and they're quickly on the island where they carry their luggage across a filthy beach uh, with the help of Carl, who dropped several bags before accidentally killing the
1: stray rabbit. Okay, so in this one so in the original they get a boat over. Me too. And there's no boat to go back. No. Until the lawyer appears. So I understand that. In this one, they get a train to the island. But then when shit hits the fan, no one suggests just going back mm-hmm. via no. the train. No. No.
0: Um and also, whilst they're waiting for the train. This looks even more like three girls with their three gay pals. Absolutely. Uh, before going on a night out. Absolutely. Margaret, uh, when they get there, Carl throws a tantrum and Margaret, show, shows, Margaret shows, Margaret shows, Margaret shows, oh my God. Are you okay? The couples to their room. All of which have numbers on the doors, even though the house is a private residence.
1: Because it was a flop house hotel. <laughs> it <was> a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> they are all numbered.
0: Robert and... <laughs> Why uh, would they not take the numbers off? <laughs> James and Regina are in their bedroom. Robert pays them a visit and says, Hi, it's me, Robert. I've come to borrow you a book. Oh, Robert, um, yeah, it feels need to explain who he is to James. Margaret brings an oil lamp to Regina and James' bedroom. She pulls down the blankets on the bed and reveals a dead rabbit with the note reading, <gasps> Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit. Oh, no. In their own room, Louise tells her husband, John, that Regina told her about dreaming a similar situation just the other night. Louise also tells John about another experience where Regina predicted their mother's death. Ooh. Regina and James discover the letter X painted on the outside of the bedroom door in red. And James, instead of telling anyone about this, takes a candle. Looks like he's got into full fucking detective mode. And the, the moustache helps with this. So he looks like a 70s detective. He does. In pyjamas. He does. Um, he takes a candle and walks downstairs to investigate. He's startled by John, who grabs him from another room and is like... <laughs> 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 just makes a stupid noise. <laughs> to which James says, I just came out. I heard someone upstairs and I came out. Yeah, you did, James. I think you came out yeah, a long you time did. ago, mate. The two decide they should investigate the basement together. I bet um, they do. To... Robert says, oh, the The other one, not Robert, um, says, I think we'd better check down there. And James is like, mm, good idea. So they walk into the next room and James says, I could use a drink. No. <laughs> what
1: the fuck? Get him in
0: the mood. They pour drinks and they neck them quickly. <laughs> and James says, my nerves are shot. I'll have another. And uh, James also says, I think that Carl is sicker or smarter than we think. John says it wasn't Carl. How the fuck, John? How the fuck do you know? Because he can look into the future. (laughs) John's drink has been spiked. He faints in the hall and is dragged away by a mysterious figure as the clock strikes 11. James finds blood on the floor and investigates the basement where he's interrupted by an unseen person and he says, Oh, it's you. What are you doing up? (gasps) And that's the last we see of gay icon James. It's not. Wow, that's true. The scene cuts to Regina brushing her hair in her room. She her, her door begins to open slowly, and she hears a weird noise. So she runs to the hallway and finds James hanging in the stair while dead.
1: Yeah, so the difference between the first film and this film mm-hmm. is... He doesn't go down the stairs. No, yeah. He's hanging upside down in the first yeah. film. In this one, he's hanging... By the neck. Yeah. So I'm assuming they um they could actually do that, uh, the prop, yeah. for him to be hanging by the neck within those 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Margaret
0: and uh, Mary serve the surviving couple's lunch. They whilst... do not serve. <laughs> whilst the grieving Regina lies on her bed upstairs. Mary looks like fucking Ringo Starr. I don't know what she's going for.
1: She's got those glasses he's constantly wearing those glasses but they, i feel like those glasses were popular in the 70s yeah I, I don't know i'm not an expert carl takes
0: um some wood to mary and tries explaining something to her but he gets interrupted not to mary to uh, regina
1: oh god I, I do you think anyone cares anymore <laughs> what their fucking names are
0: robert supervises carl as he chops wood
1: uh, how do we know this is what he's doing
0: not just because we can see it Margaret feels the need to explain this in great detail beforehand, just Um. in case we don't know what's happening. (laughs) Robert finds a panel painted with a red X in the basement, and he is suddenly attacked and strapped to a table where a mysterious figure rips open his shirt and soars him to death whilst pulling his insides out.
1: Yeah, and this looks much better. It
0: does. And they also kind of shoot themselves in the foot, because at one point the character's like, wait, the hanging, uh, how on earth can... uh, it, it has to be someone really strong who's done this. Well, it's little old lady Margaret. It is little old lady Margaret. <laughs> Why do you include that, that line of dialogue if tr- yeah. that's going to be your reveal?
1: It's true, actually.
0: They all gather for dinner. Um, Ma- Margaret and Mary, of course, one of them doesn't know what's going on. And they're both
1: more concerned about the turkey drying out than the fact that James has been murdered oh, and I, Robert's disappeared. In both films, this horror the turkey maybe going dry... <laughs> After people have been murdered. <laughs> they removed the lid from the turkey serving dish,
0: only to reveal Regina's seven head. Dun, dun, dun. And Mary faints. She, she does, actually. John investigates the basement, unaware that there is an X marked on the back of his dressing gown. <gasps> he finds a crucial clue. A photograph dated 18, 1880 and inscribed to my favourite daughter, M.H. Love, J.H. Before he can share the clue with anyone he, His hand is nailed to the wall And he's killed with a pitchfork
1: Yeah Yeah so it's it's pretty much let, Let's be honest yeah. It's pretty much scene for scene now uh-huh. Uh huh. Remake of the original Yeah
0: Carl digs up the photos uh, A box of clues under the porch And uh, Mary gets a hand cut off of a meat cleaver Looks so much
1: better this time so around So much better
0: And Carl is chased through the house Before being set on fire the killer is revealed to be Margaret, who was a half-sister to the others. They didn't try and do a different name thing or anything. It's nice and simple. Margaret f- threatens Louise with the cleaver and provides all the exposition the other characters need. She yes. says, 40 years ago, I was the first born in this house, but Mama died when I was born. My Papa loved my Mama very much. That's not true. He hated her. He was so alone. This is a different movie. Oh, yeah, of course. He was so alone, so he married again. But he was so heartbroken that he only came back seven times. <laughs> Seven visits. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Seven visits. She
0: goes on about how the other girl's mother hated Margaret and uh, and how their mother brought two infants, Mary and Carl, to raise as her siblings. She then plans on framing Carl and then killing him, but Carl grabs her leg, causing the meat cleaver to fly into the air and bury into her head. Jennifer and Louise scream as the end credits begin to
1: roll. Yeah, they act like wimps again. Again, yeah. the story doesn't a hundred percent make sense. They did help it earlier in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the the sisters said, "Oh, we do, I don't remember much from my childhood. Uh, I don't remember much of the the yeah. um, the maids, mm-hmm. the housekeepers from my childhood because we were kept separate from them." Yeah. Um. So that makes more sense. So yeah. it kind of deals with that sort of goof. Um. But again, it's kind of like. Really? That's the twist. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't 100% make sense. It's an hour and
0: 18 minutes long. It's nice and short. Yeah. And it's, it is ridiculously entertaining from start to finish. It is. Like, it is. So, so funny. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, yeah. We'll get to the comparisons. I'll say what I'm going to say. Yes. Cinematography kills and soundtrack. The ghastly ones, that top notch cinematography. (sighs) That camera work, its it really
1: is. I know we've said it already, but it's fucking unbelievable. It is. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's dizzying at times. The practical effects
0: are cheap and cheesy, but that works for what it's trying to do. Yeah. And the soundtrack is good. I mean, it's got that 60s over the top charm. Sounds like it belongs in a fucking monster movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think the soundtrack from the original is maybe a little more memorable. Yes. You know, I struggle with soundtracks, but uh, yeah, I think the original sort of wins on that one because it's just a little more memorable. Yeah. Like you said, sort of in keeping with the time. The kills. I mean, the kills are the same. They it's just in the remake, yeah. they're a lot better. They're because a lot better. 10 years yeah. have passed and, you know, it looks a lot better. There are no scares, let's be honest. Mm. It's not. It's That's not. why I left scares out. Yeah. Oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> Usually we would talk about scares. Yeah, no, there's, there no point. There there's no point. It's, it's there's almost no. a comedy, to be honest. Um,
0: But the cinematography is so much better in the 70s one. You yeah. Know, Andy Milligan's learned how to use a camera. It's shots stay still there's no falling over or getting too close to people it's really you know it's well shot it looks good um even though they're working with a very limited location
1: choice yeah yeah it's it's one of those things um the the remake it's remaking a film that didn't warrant a remake because it it didn't it should have just been left (laughs) Well, I mean, <laughs> it wasn't. It, it didn't need a remake because it's all the fundamentals, mm. which is the plot. Yeah. And, you know, that doesn't quite work. No, so it didn't need remaking. You know, it should have just been left to itself well, and just ignored. <laughs> it needed remaking, but as a different film.
0: Yeah. Different. Uh, like if they, someone remade the ghastly ones now, um, you know. Used the basis of the plot but fixed all the problems and made it a little more interesting. Then I'd say that's a well-deserved remake. But yeah, remaking it with the exact
1: same plot is just fucking bizarre. Yeah, but any any sort of remake, I mean, you'd make it more like King Lear. Yeah, you would know, do with the, with yeah. the three sisters and, and and that sort of thing. A twenty four. A twenty four. Oh my god, an A twenty four horror film version of King Lear would be amazing. I, mean, I was on the castles, Okay. I
0: imagine the ghastly ones with Florence Pugh, um, Laura Dern. But but more like
1: King. If, if you're familiar with King Lear, it makes more sense. Yeah, it didn't need remaking. No. But in those ten years, obviously things have changed. Andy Milligan has made more films, so he knows a bit more about what to do when making films. Um, it, it's I want to say it's not technology. Like special effects. No, no, it's it's all Andy Milligan. It's are much like, better within is, those yeah. ten years. This is very clearly For all the better, all the sort of bits where it's better. You mm-hmm. would assume is better. Yeah. You would assume within those 10 years, it's, those things are going to get better. Yeah,
0: but I, you can very clearly see this is an Andy Milligan film. You know, I think this is just a sign of him it's still getting better with the times. You know, yeah, exactly. It's very much got that Andy Milligan charm to it. Yeah. For cinematography and kills, of course, it goes to the remake and soundtrack, the original.
1: Yes. Yeah, I completely agree.
0: And onto the characters, we have the three sisters, the ghastly ones. We have Eileen Hayes, Carol Vogel and Anne Linden as Veronica, Elizabeth and Victoria. And in Legacy of Blood, we have Dale Hansen, Louise Galandra, and Jeannie Cusick as Regina, Jennifer, and Louise.
1: Um, it, It's a difficult one, because... It, <laughs> They're all fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. The acting, it's not good, girls. Um, The slayage? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. You all look fabulous in your outfits. Your acting ain't great. In terms of characters, <laughs> for me... The remake takes it. Yeah. Because, not always necessary, but at least there's an effort to have a little more development there. Mm-hmm. So they're a little more well-rounded. I mean, I couldn't tell you any of their names off the top no. of my head. No. <laughs> and I, I've literally just read out the first yeah. film, and I cannot remember their names. Um, but it's, I yeah, I think it's, the, the remake tries a bit more to make them actual character yeah. not just there <laughs> and, it, and performances
0: are slightly better in the remake ever so slightly better.
1: i suppose if you've got more to do yeah. it's like oh you're going to have a scene yeah. here where you know you're i'm speaking about the baba scene where you're having a psychic vision or, or whatnot <laughs> There's a little more to do. There then, is. There is. Uh, why do you just spin around near the curtains and then you know it's mm-hmm. a little? You can add yeah. a little more. Um. Yeah. So it goes
0: to the remake. Yeah. The three husbands, the ghastly ones. We have Don Williams, Richard Romanus, and Fibler Black. An actual name. It's about L A B L A Q U E. Yeah. Um. They star as William, Donald, and Richard. And Luxia Blood, we have Joe Downing, Stan Schwartz and Peter Barcia as James, Robert and John. This is a difficult one.
1: Is it? Because the original the husbands are clearly homosexuals actors. And not kind of trying to play it straight. Yes. Let's let's be honest here.
0: I'm very interested to see where you're going with this
1: one. In the remake, the characters are a bit boring. Apart from Mustache Dude, who's the standout. I was going to say, I mean, he makes up for all three. He does. I mean, that mustache is a highlight of both films. His performance is the highlight of both films. <laughs> that is. He, has a, he has, probably has the most to do he, of any of the husbands, yeah. other than, I, su- I suppose... It's, they they are just trying to get their wives in the sack and yeah, investigate weird noises.
0: He—he he doesn't honestly. He's not trying to play straight in this. He—he he wants you to know he's gay. Um, yeah. I mean, I just have gay icons for the original husbands and even gayer icons. Yeah,
1: and we're not—we're not saying that gay people can't play straight characters. No, just it's in just, this instance. These gay actors. Also, I think these were gay. I think these actors were gay as well. Yeah, like Robin John. I think I think a lot of his films. Peter Barcia. I think they frequented the um, same sort of bathhouses yeah. as Andy Milligan. I think so. But oh, again, just just to reiterate, we we would never say that gay actors can't play straight roles. No, I mean I did it for like twenty four years. <laughs> Barely. Your acting was on par with these. Uh, but, in this instant, it doesn't work. <laughs> it does not work. Because <laughs> there is no chemistry between the husbands and wives. I, uh, I'm going to give it to the remake just because of James. I, th- I would say the remake just because of that moustache.
0: And finally, the killer. The ghastly ones, we have Maggie Rogers as Hattie. And Legacy of Blood, we have Elaine Boy's as Margaret.
1: Both don't really do a lot They both don't really do a lot In fact Their monologue at the end is entertaining They do an alright job Maggie Rogers hands it up
0: a little more
1: I In the original I think Maggie Rogers gives She's giving Mrs. Voorhees Yeah And I appreciated that Yeah She's giving Betsy Palmer the house Mm -hmm. down boots And maybe that's why I kind of preferred her a little more
0: so we give it to the original. Yeah.
1: And our final awards, Biggest Queen.
0: I'm giving it to James in Legacy of Blood. James and his moustache.
1: James and his mustache. Biggest queen, I gave it to Robert's actress mother. It had to be Oh, of course that is meant to be his mother. Yeah, that was Robert's. Oh, I had mother. no idea who she was yeah. meant to be. Reading yeah. The House Down. Yeah. Good old Sylvia. Good old drunk actress Sylvia. Biggest gasp, um,
0: I've got the meat cleaver to the hand scene, but the remake one, because that actually made me gasp more than the original.
1: Okay. Uh, biggest gasp for me, it's it's a difficult one, because it's it's both films. It's that confusing ending. <laughs> oh, you can give it a tie. I can give it a tie, because I, I gasped out of pure confusion. Um. Yeah. B-
0: best Best dialogue... <laughs> Uh, I have Jennifer. I'm gonna take you to my dressmaker. Maybe that way you won't look so much like a plucked chicken. I completely agree. Plucked chicken. <laughs> um, that's camp. I've got the entire Baba scene. Legacy of Blood. <laughs> okay. I, mine's also
1: camp explosion. Camp. That is quite camp. Um, mine's um both again. <laughs> I do apologise, but I just couldn't decide. That's camp. The husbands, the husbands. <laughs> yeah, the that's husbands. true. That's true. That's count husbands.
0: Nastiest moment. Um, I tried to stick with the ghastly ones, and I think this is well deserved actually, because I think this was the best effect in the ghastly ones. Mm. Uh, nastiest moment. It goes to the machete death at the start of the ghastly ones.
1: Yeah, actually, I agree with you on that one. That's definitely, I'd forgotten true. about that. I'd I'd initially put the disemboweling, mm. but yeah, I think that at the beginning is probably the one, the nastiest moment.
0: And our ratings for both. I give the original 6 Days Living in Sexual Harmony out of 10. And the remake
1: 7 Buried Seamen out of 10. I give the original 6 Closeted Husbands out of 10. And the remake 6 Plot Chickens out of 10. Now, let's make something clear here. Yes. These ratings
0: are based purely on enjoyment. Yes. There's... The remake... You know, you could argue something for the filmmaking. It's better than the original. But the filmmaking in both of those films do not live up
1: to those ratings. It's purely for enjoyment. It's purely... There's a the thing. And there are, you know... Everyone has their own opinions on films. Mm-hmm. I would never turn around and say, Well, you can't think that. You can't mm-hmm. give me that rating. You know, I hate that bullshit. Um, so, we, I give, and Gary gives as well, ratings based on enjoyment. Yeah. Now... A lot of what we enjoyed mm-hmm. was shit. Yeah, half star. Entertainment yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just just to reiterate, because I've given loads of five star films mm-hmm. to films that aren't technically perfect. Yeah, I mean, but you, I've enjoyed the fucking shit yeah. out of them. And you get stuff like The Room, where
0: for enjoyment technically it should be a fucking ten, mm. but sometimes it's overbearingly bad even when you have that enjoyment you have to give it half a half star, but with a love heart and letterbox it, it's a difficult
1: one i gave the room half a star on letterbox yeah because i didn't i none of it was like, intentional none of it was intentional but i also felt like i don't want a film like that to have a high rating <laughs> because i want it to have a low rate yeah. it, it deserves a low rating mm-hmm. it deserves to be yeah infamous yeah For having a low rating, because it is a low rated film. That's what Mm. it is.
0: And for the winner of today's
1: episode, it is Legacy of Blood. It is. It is. It does what the first one does slightly better. Yeah. You know?
0: If you'd like to watch both films and you're in the UK, you better head on to YouTube because it's available nowhere else. Both Mm. of them are available nowhere else. If you're in America, then we absolutely recommend getting a Severin Blu-ray box set oh, for Andy Milligan's film. Such films. a good
1: box That was such a good investment. Yeah, I love it.
0: Uh, and if you enjoyed both films, I recommend checking out Motel Hall.
1: Yeah, if you enjoyed both films, I recommend checking out Blood Feast. Well, yeah, another much. video nasty. Yeah. Um, question yeah. before before we finish: Do you recommend watching both films? Of course, absolutely, you do. do. Rather than just only if you're gonna pick well, one, just watch Legacy of if Blood. If you're going to pick one, Legacy of Blood. Absolutely. I wouldn't recommend, like we did for the podcast, watching them one after the other. No. We'd no, day between the nasty ones. I would leave some time <laughs> yeah. between. So I, I would do maybe an Andy Milligan mm-hmm. marathon, a chronological order. Yeah. Um, But I wouldn't say watch, because they are pretty much the same film. They are. Yeah. You yeah. know, but with interesting tweaks. Yeah. So, it's time for our best and worst of the month.
0: Ooh, it is. Uh, maybe we'll have the same. I don't
1: know. Well, I think we'll definitely hasn't, have It the hasn't same. been as
0: stacked as October, but it's been pretty good still. Mm-hmm. Best of the month is a film I'm still emotionally damaged from. I'm quite honest with you. It is Afterson. Yes. A film that is made by uh, Charlotte Wells, who is now... Brace yourself for this If you've seen it And if you don't know her backstory Brace yourself First time fucking director Yeah I can't emphasise enough How impressive That is Yeah That this is her first film This is a masterclass in filmmaking Yeah and it's also a very personal film Yeah her,
1: And I think that's helped yeah. It's yeah. Very, yeah. Well mm-hmm. very well yeah. made Very well made Um, But the subject matter is very personal to her. It is. And I think that comes through so well on the screen.
0: If you're British and you had childhood holidays abroad, uh, to to be honest, uh, childhood holidays anywhere... You will find something to relate to with this and yes.
1: it will leave you in tears. I can guarantee it. it it's, it's a tear jerker. It, it really is. So be prepared for yes. that because it's not, I don't think necessarily advertised as such. I don't know. I've avoided all trailers. Yeah. For it. I mean, everyone I've seen talk about the film has talked about crying. Just yeah. watching it. Performances are just out of this world. Really, really, those two central performances, the father and, and daughter, really, mm. really amazing. Yeah.
0: yeah. And worst of the month, Miracle Valley. <laughs> oh,
1: God, it is. Yeah, of course it is. Because don't forget, I mean,
0: we're doing new releases here. And yeah. This has come to the UK this year. Greg Sestero has uh, brought it to the UK uh, on a tour with The Room, double bill, amazing seeing The Room on a big screen again. Uh, throwing spoons in the everyman cinema was an interesting experience. <laughs> um, Miracle Valley, though. That was a
1: fucking experience. It was a weird one because I couldn't tell if it was deliberately trying to be bad at times. I don't know. In a quotable way. Yeah. Like, Greg Sestero, obviously, his career is off the back of the room. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know if he was trying to force that kind of quotability. Yeah, because some of the dialogue—it's was, was it, it's really fucking appealing. horrific. It's, yeah. yeah, it's not good. Girls. Um, <laughs> good
0: and it has fun moments, and it's so bad it's a good way, but not enough to make it a full on trash to piece. No, no. Honorable mentions: the menu.
1: Where did that come from? That was surprisingly good. I I thought it was gonna be shit. I, yeah, I really did. I thought it. Was I thought it was gonna be, be basic. I mean,
0: yeah, when you have a cast like that and it look, you know, a, a very basic premise, it just looks like it's just gonna be a mainstream horror film that doesn't really get horror. If that makes sense, that's yeah. what I thought I was, what we were gonna get from it. But no, this absolutely gets horror and it absolutely gets comedy. It's hilarious.
1: Yeah, it's it's a very dark comedy, which is something I I appreciate and I enjoy. So I, I was pleasantly surprised. The Beach Girls and the Monster.
0: Yeah. You know on this podcast, we love a beach party film. and uh, <laughs> We do, we that, do. That is a classic. That
1: is. It's, it's that kind of um, ridiculous 60s shake your ass on the beach yeah. bikini. And there was loads of that. I didn't realise there were so many there of really those are. kind of yeah. films. And I cannot wait to watch them all. Gwendolyn. Chris brought from CX, and people thought he was buying porn. I it is it, it's the Severin Blu Ray, and it's kind of very misadvertised on the front. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not really because obviously it's for a particular audience. Um, but it kind of looks like an S and M film. Yeah, when really it's, it's not. It's Barbara. meets Indiana Jones. It is, <laughs> and it was so entertaining. Yeah a little bit of Shanghai Surprise, in yeah. There. A Eight years, years enter- before Shanghai Surprise, very entertaining. True Romance, we
0: finally watched True Romance. I feel like that's on the list of films that we should be told off and not watching before now. Yeah, it was it very was. good. Yeah, Pearl was would have been the best of the month if uh, After Sun didn't exist because Pearl was phenomenal. Pearl was a really fun film. Give me a goth that fucking Oscar.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, actually, now give it to Michelle give it to michelle it, yeah. it's michelle's it michelle's nominate, name give it a nomination michelle's name is already on that it statue
0: is. but nominate nominate me a she really deserves it if pearl and afterson didn't exist black panther wakanda forever would have been my film of the month
1: yeah i mean it hasn't been we haven't watched that many new films but they've been good. Oh, yeah. All of the new films we've watched this month have been fantastic. They've apart been from good. Batman. I really enjoy Black Panther. Yeah. yeah. and forever.
0: Another uh, tear another jerker for you.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Uh, Watcher. Women making the best horror again. Yes. Really great Hitchcockian uh, horror thriller. Oh,
1: yeah. That... A little under the radar, I think. It's very well. under the radar. It's... It'll go to Netflix. Do you, what, like, do you know what is, is under the radar? Thing.
0: It's, despite the buzz around it, Afterson. Uh, the amount of people I've seen on social media saying their cinemas aren't showing after some, like, it's
1: ridiculous. I keep getting ridiculous. advertisements on YouTube yeah, for well, it though. Well, are doing their absolute best to
0: advertise yeah. it, but it, there's so many cinemas that are just not that's showing. That's a real ahead.
1: shame that this deserve more. It's, but it's the same with
0: Watcher. It's BBC, isn't it? B- BBC and BFI, yeah. Yeah, you think... T- A24 in America. Yeah. But apparently, I've seen people in America as well um, going on about it. Wow. Watcher uh, is fantastic. It is... What it would look like if Hitchcock made a film in modern day, but it's made by a woman and uh, it's incredible. Yeah. And Micah Monroe is back, star of It Follows and a guest. Someone I thought was going to go on to be a massive screen queen back then. She's back acting in horror and she is fantastic. She looks like a blonde bombshell from the 50s. Oh my God, she's amazing.
1: I'm going to sell it to you. are you ready for it oh for
0: fuck's sake i know what you're gonna say
1: it's as if alfred hitchcock directed (laughs) the last two episodes of sex in the city where carrie is lost in paris yeah yeah remember that when you watch the film (laughs) and finally bros if
0: Black Panther will come to forever, For After Sun and Pearl weren't this Murph, Bros would have been my film in the month because holy shit, that was hilarious. And it was so nice to watch what felt like a 2000s sex comedy, but with people that I can relate to in the film. Something I really didn't expect to say. I, I expected it to be very much, you know, just muscle gaze and, uh, you know, Very much along those lines. The representation we always get. Mm. But this film covers every type of gay person. But it talks about that as well. And not just gay people, across the LGBTQ plus community. There's so much great representation. It's clearly a film made by queer people for queer
1: people. Yeah. Yeah. It it's it definitely felt like it was a film made for us. Yeah. Like I I got that reference. Yeah. I got that ref I, I I got that reference. And Billy Eichner is not universally loved. No. Some people find his shtick a bit annoying. Um, But I like it. I like his reference points. I get them. And I find them funny. Yeah. And a film written by him, I found hilariously funny. Yeah. That's my sense of humour. Yep. Straight people are not going to get it. But, you know... (laughs) They certainly didn't in our screen in any way. No. No, they did struggle with the laughs.
0: And uh, before we end this episode we have a very special announcement which hopefully you've all already seen by now. Um so, I'm so sorry to interrupt. Are we not talking about older films? We did. Which one? Gwendolyn and uh, the beach party oh, okay.
1: may I add yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry yeah, to it. interrupt. I'm did so I, did to I miss them out? Yeah, so this month we watched Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte. No we didn't. That was after. Oh,
0: it it's after do you, the... do 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 you do this I every month. I always do this. I always do this. Okay,
1: what did I miss? What did I miss? Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte. This was after I our last original. Loved Hush Hush yes, Sweet Charlotte. So did I. That was such a great film. Really lives up to um, whatever happened to Baby Jane, Campus Tits, Olivia de Havilland. Amazing, mm-hmm. amazing, amazing. Ganja and Hess. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow, what a fantastic mm-hmm. film that was! Yeah, really, really enjoyed that. That would make a great podcast episode as well. It would. Really, just yeah, loved it, loved it, loved it, and and yeah, I do apologize. Was that it?
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Very, it's, it's very much a case that I forget because that was after the last original that was a remake. Yes, <laughs> but yes, we have a big announcement to make. We do. I'm we sorry. Have we do always? Um. We've always loved going to film festivals and, you know, we love horror. I mean, listen to the podcast. Uh, but one thing we've always been a little frustrated with at festivals is there's not always the most amount of diversity that we'd like to see. So we've solved that problem <laughs> and we have we've created our own horror film festival dedicated entirely to minority
1: filmmakers. And it's called GASP. It's called GASP. Um, you may have seen it on our social media. Hopefully um but it is it's something that we think is important to bring to the north of the UK. Yeah. Uh we haven't seen anything around sort of these parts that sort of celebrates diverse filmmakers in the horror genre. So yeah. Um next year. Yeah, really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. And um, we hope that anyone who... When is it? June, excuse me. It's June 17th and 18th at Chapel Town Picture House. At Chapel Town Picture House in Manchester. This won't be our last plug on the podcast. No one. You'll be hearing this many times, but for the first time, we would love for you to join us Mm -hmm. and um, celebrate some diverse voices in the horror genre.
0: Absolutely. Um, And if... Uh, you are a filmmaker yourself that fits into the minority filmmaker guidelines which you can find all over our social media for gasp horror film festival just type in gasp horror film festival you'll find us across social media um head over to filmfreeway.com forward slash gasp film festival and you can submit your film now
1: yes yeah which is fantastic really great yeah um they're able to do that yeah we cannot wait to put this lineup together
0: and we cannot wait to fucking host it because it's going to be amazing and yeah it's official it's been announced on podcast now i know um but yes so if you have any questions about gasp or if you want to talk to us about andy milligan and the ghastly ones or legacy of blood we are horrible trash over on facebook and instagram horrible trash on twitter I'm dead Gaz92 on Letterboxd Gazmo205 on Instagram And GazChris92 on Twitter I'm Chris Barker
1: 823 on Instagram and Letterboxd Give us a rate, review and subscribe on iTunes Like and follow on nothing else Give us a rating on Spotify
0: Tuesday, I'm sad to say we are ending Nasty November
1: Yeah, yeah. this is the end
0: Yes, But we're ending it in style and we are discussing Killer Nun Yes the slut is finally uncut. <laughs> <laughs> that is the official tagline from the Shameless DVD. Nice. Killer Nun with our good friend Kim from Kim Cinema Escape on
1: Instagram. Also a member of the Gasp team. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait to speak to her about Gasp and about Killer Nun. Yes. And next month for Original Versus
0: Remake will be ending the year in style on with a New Year's Eve special. I don't know if it's actually on New Year's Eve. No, I think it's near New Year's Eve. Uh, with a New Year's Eve special where we'll be discussing Terra Train and its brand new remake that's just came out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. we wanted to do it last year with Train, which is sort of a loose remake. I don't think we'll be including that in the episode. Um I don't think it's an official remake, but no. but now there is an official remake out there. Of the Jamie League Classic the Jamie League Classic.
1: Really looking forward to that. Yes.
0: So we'll be back same time, same place on Tuesday.
1: Bye. <laughs>